Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L-on-C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Oolong, Sputters, Sputnik. Resident Pixie, Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President, Sam. Okay, so here we are again, ladies and gentlemen. The Dirty Host Doctor Who podcast. We have gathered to talk about Mind Robber. Uh, yes, back to the days of Fraser Hines and or Hamish Wilson. We'll get to that. Patrick Trenton as the second doctor. Wendy Padbury, obviously, as Zoe. Unforgettable due to the great sparkly oh. ass shot in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely this the money shot. Definitely the money shot. Definitely. Doctor Who's fashion at its best. So we're going back to 19... 68. So we're still in the 60s. It was in five episodes, technically season six of Doctor Who, directed by David Maloney, who brought us a lot of great Who, and written by Derek Sherwin, though episode one, I believe, is uncredited and all a bit weird. Would somebody like to explain the rating system before we give this some numbers? Fuchsia? Well, first we have the Free BJ. For those episodes where, you know, basically the best you're going to do for it is to get down on your knees. Then we have the $5 hooer, which, you know, mostly disease-free, but don't look too close. Then we have the $10 hooer, definitely going up in the world. You wouldn't necessarily take them home to mum, but presentable. Then we have the $20 hooer, definitely classier. You may wish to be seen with this one in public. And then we have the $50 hooer, the one that far too many Hollywood movies have been written about. The tart with a heart. Terry, what do you award Mind Robber? She likes it so much, she's stunned into silence. (sighs) Terry. It's going to be one of those podcasts. Mm -hmm. She's gone for lunch, hasn't she, and not told us. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. We're here for you. We're here for you. That entire sequence needs to be left in unedited. Dude, I am so genius today. It's sad. It's so sad. (laughs) Having not rated this at all, I'm just going to say a 10. It just went on too long for me. All right. Um, I don't think I've ever done this since we began the podcast. Not even the gunfighters, I don't think. But this is a full-on free BJ for me. I I swear to Brassalon that I aged years watching this and I'll never get that time. I don't feel so bad. Okay. 20 with a big box of chocolates. I knew you'd like this. God, you're such a teacher. Okay, I'm going to go for 10, but I'll let her use her imagination. Oh, my God. (laughs) You people are out of your fucking mind. (laughs) Come on, then. Justify yourself. 
Oh, God, where do I start? The only good thing about the episode was the ass shot on the console. i got to admit that was enjoyable. (laughs) But that's it. I mean, five episodes. There was seriously 15 minutes plot here. It was all filler. And Patrick Troughton is the kind of actor that he can chew up a scene in an absolute pile of shit. And even he was left... I just... I felt like everyone just knew how bad it was. It was a stupid premise from a sci-fi or fantasy perspective. How can something drag on for two hours and then end so utterly abruptly with no resolution hardly at all? It's like, hey, we're going to film this 150 pages of script and, oh, fuck, we're out of time. The whole thing felt disorganized, and seriously, some of the best acting that was going on was what's his nuts, Fraser Hines stand-in, who was far better than Fraser Hines himself as ever. Shut up! Shut oh, up. that really is heresy. Shut up! That was crap, Jamie. Come on. Yeah, it was crap, Jamie. So's Jamie. My name's Fraser Hines. I play Jamie in Doctor Who, and I'd like to bring my two Doctor Whoers, Deborah Watling and Wendy Padre, along to meet you sometime. We've discussed this before. I love Fraser Hines. He's a great guy, and the character had a lot of promise, but he just was pants. I'm sorry. Especially in this episode. Oh, God. <laughs> what was the quote-unquote superhero's name? Oh, fuck. Oh, you had to bring him up, didn't you? The carcass. The The carcass. He's so funny. God. That about says it all now, doesn't it? Or the guy that played the fairy tale. You see how memorable this was for me? And I just watched it. Gulliver, by any chance. Yeah, Gulliver, the actor standing there, pretending like the robots weren't in the room as his eyes followed them as they walked. Totally, I know. That's what made the scene confusing. He's looking right at them. What? It's like every actor in this, including the regular cast that are usually very strong, was fucking clueless. What the hell was the director doing? There was no director in this. Hey, camera's rolling. Let's wander around doing some shit for a while in a stinky-ass script. And we're going to climb up this styrofoam tree, and it spells a message. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything to the plot. It's just a fucking proverb. But that was like a major plot point. Uh, Really? I know. I know. All that climbing, nobody mentioned. Jenny was wearing a kilt. Exactly. As we know, you see, because we have asked Fraser about this, the yeah. fact that because it was a children's program, he was not doing the full Scotsman. Yeah, and I was like, come on, put the camera underneath, Jamie. <gasps> sorry. In the <laughs> entire known universe, all of history and all of creation, human beings are the only race with imagination. That was a bit. Well, the writer had no imagination. But the writer was human. You know, the master was human, wasn't mm-hmm. he? So that's where it was all coming from. No. No, the master wasn't human. The master was something else. The power behind the master was yeah. something else. Something else. But the front end was definitely human. Which we never got any resolution on. And I'm okay with an alien baddie not being completely spelled out. But right. we got nothing. It's like I invested all of this time and it's worth the pile of shit build up. Because <laughs> let's be honest, Doctor Who does that from time to time. But usually it delivers at the end. When you find out who or what it is, it's cool. And... We never find out. Therefore, the only redeeming quality was Zoe's ass. And, <laughs> and that is always given, a redeeming quality. And given how old Zoe looks most of the time, that's not happening anyway. So <laughs> there's really nothing in this episode for me. So you felt kind of like a perv. <laughs> 
I felt like the only worthwhile thing in this entire five episodes was staring at an ass of an actress that was basically made up to look underage. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, now I can't argue with the goddamn wordies. No, I know. I can't. I can't. It, you're a musician, right, Sen? The sound in this was great. I thought it had great atmosphere. It did. I thought it was good soundscapes, as they say. Mm-hmm. Very good soundscape. <laughs> Which part did you like? When Jamie crawled through the window of Rapunzel's <laughs> castle and you could hear the cardboard and styrofoam plunking <laughs> against each other? Was that okay, the part that, you liked? Not the crap unintentional bit. Yeah. <laughs> the sound of the of the robot soldiers. Them in ominous in the distance uh, and all uh, that kind and, of stuff. And you even the, uh, the sound that was going on in the background while they were in the cave. And then when he steps out and Jamie's starting to climb that hill and suddenly there's like birds and you feel open. You feel like a relief from the cave scene. I thought all those little things were really nicely done. The sound when the TARDIS is breaking apart, which was a beautiful scene. I loved that scene. The, there was some surreal touches to this story that <laughs> yeah. marked a lot of... Hey, it was the 60s. What do you expect? <laughs> and the Avengers, the best of those bits, were like dappled here and there in the story, which I really enjoyed. Yes, the rest of it was total crap. And why were they going on and on and on? I mean, it was just too much. This could have been like one hour story. Well, there's a weird story, though, isn't there, where the previous episode, which was what, Dominators? Yes, I think the previous one is the Dominators. Yeah. Dominators was an episode too short or something, so they had to make this an episode. It has to be said, when we went to watch it again, I could have sworn it was only four episodes. I was really surprised to see it was five. Well, the first episode, basically nothing happens. They just wander out on an empty set and some robots from another program. I'd like to point out that that this is a direct tie-in from the Dominators. There's no space in between the two episodes, Mm -hmm. right? Uh And in Uh the Dominators, which is the same basic continuous storyline. The TARDIS automatically takes off and relocates itself when it's under threat. We had the introduction Uh of HADS. And all of a sudden, at the end of the same story, they're all Uh panicked and they're going to die if the lava keeps going. Really? Sorry, sorry, you're looking for consistency in Doctor Who? Oh, come yeah. on. Can she says, being a complete a, hypocrite. But these are... The next episode, this is the, though, you know. The <laughs> central focal plot point that drove the story in back-to-back stories. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a good point there. Jeez. Uh, Neither story would have happened without these two things. Well, anyway, why couldn't they just dematerialize, period? Forget the hads. Just make it go. That, that was make it go. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> this episode was written by Packleds. Pardon me? The Star Trek race. Right. Make it go. The dumbasses from Star Trek. Oh. God, I'm talking oh, to sci-fi fans here. Nobody gets I, I, You know, I used to watch that all the time, oh, but I've tried to forget some of those. Narrow it down a bit. Original series, Next Gen, DS9, or the two crap ones that will not be named. Next Gen. I love Next Gen. Oh, I didn't see all the Next Gen. Dirty Hooers fans, for those of you who are actual general science fiction fans, this episode was written by Packlets. Never mind the other three dumbasses here. It is broken. Can you make it go? I forget everything in my life. I'm certainly not going to try to remember <laughs> the crap Star Trek. Okay. No offense to 
start. I'm in an unfortunate fast. position. There's only so much cool I can actually shed. <laughs> oh, um, I see. And I just can't shed all my cool enough to like Star Trek as well as yeah. liking Doctor Who. That but Doctor just, Who is just so much better. I'd like invert. I'd be a negative. It was kind of interesting that the villain was called the Master. But he really wasn't. I thought that the idea that it was an educational story, I thought it was a good idea. But the fact that it went on for more than an hour, what was it, three hours long or something? Uh, it was just yeah. horrible. Three that was months. Just- Three yeah, months. it's like <laughs> three months. It was torture. Well, it went on for a month. Was it a six-parter? Five. Five. It felt like a seven-parter. It was horrible. She's on fire today. And they're only 20 oh, minutes long. God. Yeah, but they feel like 30 minutes when there's nothing going on. And it was just shit. <laughs> I, I would have liked it. Decent rating, T. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was that shitty. Okay, like I said, I thought that the sounds in it were beautiful. There were some beautiful, surreal moments. Jamie has nice legs. Uh, <laughs> He's a Zoe, lad. Zoe beating up the carcass. That was memorable. If I may, Terry, you've heard it here first, as Terry has just confirmed, because this is shit, but she gave it a decent episode. Terry's shit does not stink. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, there's shit, and then there's shit. Okay, there's, like, dog shit that smells like coffee, and then there's cat shit that makes you want to go throw up, okay? Not the other no, way around. No, no, way. Whoa, cat way shit is the stickiest damn shit in the world. Oh, my God. No, my, my cat's emissions smell no more than nothing. Really, oh, God. I really don't want to know how you two know this. We have cats and dogs. <laughs> what did you do? Did you go around and smell? I mean, have you ever heard of dogs? I had a dog that would stink. That would that loved to roll and catch it every once in a while, and when she dragged that in, it was it was a mind robber yes. moment. Okay. <laughs> it was horrible. So uh, I liked the design of the futuristic pentagonal globy thing, being wherever the aliens were residing. Who knows? And in the end, it was kind of funny that they press a bunch of buttons, and then the thing fires and kills the computer. And oh, I so love that! I love press all the buttons, destroys it. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> The Adventures of Captain Jack Harkaway. That was interesting from a fan point of view. Oh, and I've got a very good quote. I mean, I think we can quite safely say that all is now well with the world, seeing as me and Sen are no longer in complete accord. Amen. Uh, It's a great story. I mean, apart from the small fact it's one of the few surviving Troutons. Yes, it's bad. I can't disagree particularly with most of what Sen said, but they're trying something different. They're making the best of the fact that one of their lead actors was ill and the fact that they had to suddenly expand the story at the last minute. Chicken pox. Chicken pox, yeah. I can sympathise. I had chicken pox a couple of years ago. I even had spots on my smelly bridge. I had them underneath my eyelashes. I've had them under my eyelashes. Yeah, when I was little I had it. They go in horrible places. But I think we can excuse Fraser an awful lot considering he was probably off his head with chicken pox most of the time that was being Mm. filmed. But I mean, he's a bonny lad. He does the best that he can with the material that he was given. I'd honestly forgotten how much of a screamer Zoe was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a bad thing or it could be a good thing. I mean, as T said, the shot where the TARDIS explodes, that's kind of old hat now since the series came back because it seems to blow up every 30 seconds but back then that must actually have been quite a shock to the people who were watching seeing the TARDIS just disintegrate like that well I love the fact that there was no explosion Mm. I loved that it was this sort of quiet falling apart it was really bizarre and strange I love that today everything has to explode it's Mm. a different reality it's no time it was just a whole different concept 
I like that. I think, to be honest, visually, this episode was really <laughs> fucking nice. Yeah. Considering the budget that they had back in the day, I can't fault mm. this visually. I mean, a lot of stuff was yeah. borrowed, especially mm. all the costumes. And I but, think it but. was clever the way that they handled Gulliver, the fact he was only using words that Jonathan Swift had written, yeah. which does sort of give it a really strange feel and tells you straight away that something is very wrong. I hadn't noticed Bernard Horsfall was actually watching The Soldiers. Unfortunately, he's another one of the actors that we've lost this year from Doctor Who. So, you know, respect to him, because I think he did a good job in the role. Yeah, the carcass was awful, mm. hilariously so. And some of it doesn't make a great deal of sense, but then not an awful lot of Doctor Who does, unfortunately. It's a bit of whimsy, and I'm afraid every now and again you have to have a bit of whimsy in your life. And let's face it, you could quite happily watch Patrick Trout and just sit in there twiddling his thumbs for a hundred minutes. Yeah. Mm, uh, I tried, yeah. and I was not happy. <laughs> yeah, I believe that before I watch this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, we're right across the board, aren't we? I don't believe in Minotaurs. I don't believe in Minotaurs. But I do believe in Nymon, and that bothered me. (laughs) Basically, yeah, all right. It's not a fantastic episode, but I loved all the literary stuff that they did kind of crowbar yeah. in there. You've got Blackbeard, and you've got Serrano de Bergerac, and you've got Lemkel Gulliver. And I quite like the battle at the end, dragging literary characters up and making them battle each other. I quite like that. Once you get past the fact that the TARDIS is suddenly in fantasy land, and also, obviously, how bad the carcass is, and uh, oh, it's got Rapunzel in it, and she's off to oh, the point, God. all kinds of stuff. I like the playing with the puzzles. And it, it did have a certain atmosphere, which mm. was fucking creepy, which is why when Carrie just turned up like Rapunzel who weren't creepy they really stood out as not fitting with everything else the whole making a puzzle Mm. out of Jamie's face Mm. and getting it wrong being called out to your land etc and it not being there and just being somebody fucking with your head I liked all the metaphors and the iconography and the symbolism. I would have just liked to do yeah, three episodes. Too long. That first episode, I really liked. That was like one of my big favorite parts of it because I loved that whole idea of chasing the illusion and everything being white. And they're like, he's wearing a white kilt and it's the white sparkly outfit and mm-hmm. the white TARDIS. That was really neat. Was really yes, very. I loved that. Yeah, and you know, toy soldiers, very mm. creepy, etc., etc. You get away with a lot yes. when it's black and white. Mm-hmm. You get away with fairly shoddy map paintings of her home city <laughs> and things like that. I don't often say about Patrick Troughton, though, that it is too long. I don't think I've ever said that about Troughton before. I mean, something like War Games. Yeah, and I mean, that's a huge number of episodes. Holds together mm. seamlessly, though. I think this is the only occasion, really, where I've... Oh, I've had it all my spirit taken. <laughs> it's true. There were some really positive aspects of it. And I think you and Fuchsia have made some good points. Don't get taken down by the Lord President. <laughs> I'm not taking it's just he's white. Troughton is just brilliant and we all love him and we love that cast and even the geniuses are entitled to a clunker and <laughs> there was oh. nothing happening here. I think Troughton influenced the doctors that came after him arguably more than William Hartnell did. You know, actors like McCoy and and Smith and Colin Baker all cited Troughton as their inspiration more so than Mm -hmm. Hartnell. I think he took Doctor Who from being about an old guy in a box with us seeing it through the companions to actually being a time lord. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting mm, considering how yeah. little there is of his stuff actually extant that he had that much of an effect. Yeah, but when you look at actors like, well, pretty much everyone after Davison has mentioned, I don't know if McGann has mentioned it, but just about everyone else has mentioned Troughton as an inspiration. Mm-hmm. They saw those episodes when they were first broadcast, so they may not still exist, but Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy define part of their role 
from him. Mm. Oh, yeah. They yeah. watched him as a kid. Mm. Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that. But, yeah, you're right. They probably yeah. would have done. Colin Baker spoke about it at length. Colin Baker's spoken about everything. Oh, leave him alone. He's lovely. He's the fan's doctor. <laughs> And he's awesome. Yes, yes. Yes, he okay. is. Oh, did you see that top yeah. ten thing that somebody's done of Doctor Who's? I mean, for God's sake, there's 11 of them. No. You're making a point by doing oh. a top ten, and you're being oh. miserable by doing a top ten, because they missed Colin out, actually. Yeah, oh my That's God. nasty. <laughs> Who did that? Who did that? I haven't seen oh, it. That it, sounds it, horrible. Telegraph or something, somebody. I didn't, oh. see, I didn't actually bother looking who wrote the article. I just looked to see who was missing and thought, yeah, that's just spiteful. Yeah, that is. That's really ah, stupid. Media. Meanwhile, back <laughs> in the podcast. So, right, what? what the fuck was what? that? What, what is happened? going on today? Your microphone went weird. Yeah, you were like really alien. <laughs> yeah, you. No, the other. <laughs> anyway, your okay. universe, Terry. That alternate universe, Terry, has never existed in this universe. <laughs> I've well, never no, because she's from an alternate universe. Yeah, exactly. No, the two <laughs> timelines will that. never cross. Don't cross the timelines. Oh, what you mean, like the ones that Rose is in that can't ever cross, just never crosses ever again? Oh God, the place yeah. that just, Make it just couldn't possibly away. come back from. It just comes back from all the time oh, and is about to come back from again. Uh, apparently. Uh, not necessarily. We might just get a look at her and no, the other no, doctor no. doing I'm, something I'm, in the other I dimension. got my fingers crossed. They're both Zygons. But you see, the thing is, we, we were having a chat about this. them die. We were having a chat about this in the car the other day, me and the prof. It's time for Future's Crazy Who Conspiracy Theory. Future Begonia. She's as mad as a tractor, but we're going to humour her. It's Fuchsia's Crazy Who Conspiracy Theory. Didn't the Zygons actually have to have the living? It's not a fact. It's not a fact, that. There's no fact. There's no fact here. Go, go, go. I love these. Go. (laughs) Didn't the Zygons have to have the actual living person to make a copy of them? Yes. Which means, even if they are Zygon robots, at some point they have to have been in the universe that's completely sealed off that you can't possibly get to, except when you can get to it. We'll see how the writers do that. Either the TARDIS ends up in that other universe... Or vice versa. Again. 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 <laughs> again, again. It's like the Teletubbies, isn't it? Again, again. How the TARDIS ends up in that particular alternate universe versus the other almost infinity other alternate universes is yeah, a mystery, well. right? And can that universe even now exist seeing as Amy rewrote the universe at least once? Right? Oh, God. My brain hurts. She rewrote hurts. this universe. Not that universe. That's another dimension. <laughs> <sighs> By the same token, technically in that yep. case, Romana could still Yay. be alive. Oh, God, it would be so awesome if we could have Romana come back. She's, she's not going to come back. No, yeah, but we don't need the actress. We can have a, a regeneration. Yeah. Oh, I'm gl- oh, really? I'm glad you're here to point that out. Well, obviously we can, well, but we're not going to get the actress, I mean, we? duh! Of course we're not going to get the actress! Right, should we finish this piece of shit? <laughs> the and real the piece of shit, yes. So, okay. okay, quotes then. Terrence, go. <laughs> when the villain is telling him his plans for taking over Earth, and he says, sausages. Man will become just like a string of sausages all the same. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I seem to remember the prof guffawing a bit at that one. Uh, <laughs> I counted at least six times where he just told Jamie to shut the fuck up. At least six. They do okay, write okay, Jamie extra counted. stupid. He's like a dumb... He has bl- moments. He has moments of real stupid. He's like a dumb brunette, actually, with a skirt, but he's a guy. Jamie who said after some interaction with Zoe, I think we're lost. That about (laughs) sums up the episode for me. Uh, I forgot to look for one. I can't remember. 
can I do another one? Yeah, okay. Here's no, Fuchsia. Don't worry about fiction. Hang on to real life. You've got to get out. And I thought of getting out of the whole, episode, the whole story. Yeah. Meanie. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. We're going to press on now and get on with some life. Thank you for joining us very much. There's a lot of folks joined up on the Facebook page and a lot of folks who started downloading the podcast, literally thousands of you a month now, which is incredible for us because we still just get together to have a laugh. <laughs> really? Bollocks. I think they might have noticed that by now. <laughs> I don't know if I'm complimented or disturbed. Disturbed <laughs> because there's like a million Doctor Who podcasts, so uh, whatever. <laughs> yes, we're hung about it. Oh, yeah. oh no. <laughs> yeah. In your dreams. Do try the drinking game. There's an explanation of the racing system now over on the blog. We have been the Dirty Hoes, Doctor Who podcast. 1990s. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to the Dirty Hoers Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at dirtyhoers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hoers. Oh, yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. What about Pharaoh's Project around? They're pretty nasty. Uh, we're all at the Pharaoh's Project, I'm oh. sorry to say. Yeah, but they're much more regular. <laughs> They obviously have all brands well, or something every morning. Like we're, <laughs> we're just irregular because we drink too much, so there you go. <laughs>